0: Hi, this is Taylor Otwell back with another Laravel Snippet. It is March 8th here in the office, wrapping up another week working on Laravel things. Uh, we had LaravelCon online this week. Went pretty well. Uh, lots of great talks there. You can still get a ticket to view the videos or the talks if you didn't see uh, them live. There was quite a few good talks, so I recommend getting that um, if you see anything that interests you on the website. I continued this week also working on secret project stuff, getting ready for Laracon, trying to get that totally ironed out so it's ready to go for this summer. Just kind of wrapping up the back end of that project actually here in the next few weeks and then getting started on the front end of the project. Uh, so it should be a, another few months of work there and um, hopefully we'll have something really cool to show you in July. I hope it's going to be a real game changer uh, for Laravel development and for PHP really. Uh, This week I had a few interesting uh, discussions. I saw one tweet um, asking about uh, nested resource IDs on routes. So, for example, if you have a post slash post ID slash comments slash comment ID route, um, kind of how you handle that or what I like to do around that. And I actually responded that I don't I try not to use nested resource routes at all. Actually, I would rather just have slash comments slash comment ID Because the comment ID is really all you need to get it out of the database. You don't need the post ID. In most situations, there are some situations where um, you need both keys for some reason. But in most situations, you really just need uh, sort of the the final objects uh, key to get it out of the database. And you can do any other authorization from there. Uh, once you have that object out of the database, so I usually try to avoid any kind of nested resource calls entirely. Um, in fact, in this latest project I'm working on, I don't think I use any nested resource calls um, if possible. It just makes the code a little cleaner. They're not really necessary, and it keeps your routes uh, a little shorter. There was also a big discussion around Eloquent and testing that I think was quite a few people actually talking past each other a little bit on Twitter, um, including myself and. The whole discussion sort of revolved around data mapper and active record and testing. And I've brought up many times actually in the past and on Twitter that I don't feel like there's actually any difference between data mapper and active record as far as testing goes. Now, there is a lot of difference in terms of their underlying architecture and how they work under the hood. But when it comes to testing, I don't feel like there's actually any difference at all. Um, And the reason for that is because no matter which approach you're using, you're either say you're testing some controller. Um, You're either going to make a call to that controller and let it hit the database, or you're going to inject some repository into the controller via the controller's constructor maybe and go through the repository to get to the data, and that repository can be mocked so that you're not hitting the database. And whether you're using Eloquent or Doctrine, those two approaches are your only two options, really. You're either going to let Doctrine hit the database during your test, or you're going to mock your entity repository or your Doctrine repository or whatever and not hit the database. Uh, The same way with Eloquent, you're either going to let Eloquent hit the database or you're going to mock some repository that contains all your Eloquent calls and not hit the database. So as far as testing goes, those are your two options with either approach. So it doesn't really make a lick of difference which one you're using as far as testing. Um, I've never really had to mock any eloquent model or any eloquent call directly within any kind of project. You would only mock the repository that you actually wrote if you even wanted to mock it at all, which I almost never do. Uh, I usually let all my tests just hit the database, even on MySQL database. Um, SQLite in-memory databases are even faster than that. But sometimes there are some platform differences between SQLite and MySQL so that I have to use a MySQL database to run my tests. Uh, which is probably a good idea anyway if your production database is MySQL. It's probably smart to run your test against MySQL. Um, To me, I just have the most confidence in my tests when I'm kind of testing them at the controller level. And, um, you know, in the project I've been working on uh, recently, if I just kind of hop into my test directory here, I'm just going to take a look at sort of how many unit type tests I have um, in my project. And I actually just have two or three classes of unit tests. And then I have probably 50 classes of so-called feature tests, which, um, you know, interact with multiple parts of the code base or controller test or hit the database or whatever. And um, I don't know, I, they still run within about 15 seconds and there's hundreds of tests. And to me, it's just the most stable way to test things and sort of gives the most bang for my buck. And I feel like a lot, in a lot of discussions, it's sort of, uh, people like to say, well, if you tried unit testing, you would know better. And I kind of have tried unit testing. That's the thing. I tried unit testing a lot, actually, for the past uh, or j- primarily unit testing, I should say, very small pieces of functionality where you have lots of mocks and every you're injecting lots of mocks into different things. And I probably did that for probably seven or eight years. And it, it sucked. It really sucks because Every time you you end up basically recoding your implement, implementation a lot of times because you're testing it too low of a level, and then your tests are really brittle. Whereas if you step back a like a layer or two and test from either test the class directly and its dependencies together, or test a controller endpoint or something like that, your tests are so much less brittle. Like I almost never. I don't worry about changing code because all my tests are still going to pass as long as the end goal of the code is the same which to me is the whole goal of testing is to be able to refactor your code confidently and let your tests tell you that you haven't regressed in your behavior and if you're so focused on unit tests as such a so much over integration tests or so-called feature tests then your tests are gonna be typically pretty brittle in almost every project I've worked on, they tested that way. They've always been pretty brittle and honestly just not they didn't um, they didn't pull their weight really in terms of providing value to the code base. Um so anyway, it was a pretty interesting discussion. And I think, you know, a lot of the discussions around PHP code quality and architecture sort of tend to skew like certain aspects of code quality over others. So for example, someone that just read an Uncle Bob book in the past six months is probably going to harp, harp, harp on uh, solid principles, you know, which are mostly good principles. Some of them are a little vague and subjective and, you know, are, I don't think should be considered uh, undebatable or sort some sort of canon law just because Bob Martin, you know, could sort of concocted them. Um a lot of uh, several I think most of them are pretty good principles for the most part. Um in general. They I just think they're good general guidance. Uh sometimes you may have some exceptions where, you know, you're not following a certain rule to the T because it makes your code a little better. Uh, you know, and then sometimes you can value, for example, um decoupling every component of everything so far apart that there's sort of no convenience to a library. And I think uh, some other frameworks have tried to go that route, um, smaller frameworks and sort of never took off because they were so sort of decoupled apart their components. And it was hard to get them to work together to do anything useful without a lot of legwork. So I think Laravel and even symphony, um, you know, have components, but they try to bring them together in such a way that makes things convenient still. And some of that involves coupling the components a little bit in Laravel's case. So for example, if you have an event that's marked as, um, or an event listener, let's say that's marked as should queue, you know, the event system and the queue system are kind of working together there. And there's a little bit of coupling there, but the amount of convenience you get is really high and it lets you do really powerful things in your code base with very little code. So, you know, you have to value those aspects of code quality too. You can't just value, um, you know, I don't know, certain sort of more esoteric or sort of ivory tower type constraints on your code over sort of more practical use cases. There has to be a balance. And in the same way, you can't have code that's just so tightly coupled that there's no flexibility at all. Um, So you have to find a good balancing point there. And I think Laravel tries to do a pretty good job with that, with having a high level of sort of convenience. But we also have a lot of stuff bound in the container that you can override um, during the service provider um registration process and override things and make things pretty flexible. So it's always a balance. Not everything's gonna, you know, work for everybody, but hopefully we try to find a good balance that works for a huge use case and uh is really popular. All right, so that's about all I have for this week and I'll be back next week with another snippet. Thanks.